Hello, welcome to Grad School Grad. This is a podcast about U.S. public policy and international relations graduate programs. Based on the request uh, I saw on Grad Cafe, which is a forum I'm active on, um, I am going to do today's episode about the five Washington, D.C. area public policy graduate programs. So I want to be clear what I mean by the five schools and who they are. And they are, just run them down, Georgetown McCourt, George Washington Trachtenberg, University of Maryland School of Public Policy, American University School of Public Affairs, and the last one, George Mason University, Shar School. Technically, it's not in Washington, D.C., it's in Arlington, Virginia, a suburb of Washington, D.C., but I'm just going to count them as a D.C. area policy program. And I'm going to highlight that. I'm going to look at these schools based off of what I call their mainline degree. For most of them, it's their MPP program. Uh, sometimes their MPA or it's MPP and or MPA. Um, each of these schools usually offer more than one degree, and the other, the other degrees have their own sometimes have different characteristics, different qualities, but by and large, the bulk, major, vast majority, of, or at least proportionality of each school has is it pursuing MPP and or MPA. So um, just to give you context, why I can speak to these schools coherently is that, first of all, I went to one of these schools, so I know the DC environment very well. Second, I have encountered a lot of... Um, colleagues, bosses, um, really close friends, um, just interactions uh, in the DC space uh, with students and alumni from each of these schools. Uh, actually, sometimes I encounter faculty from some of these schools and uh, engage them pretty deeply and gotten to understand the program pretty well. And I also work with quite a few from these schools as well. So. Uh, let's just go through them and uh, just keep in mind, this is kind of like a summary. I'm going to detail some highlights. Obviously, you should do your own research to understand anything deeper if you're considering one school or another, but let's go through them. Georgetown McCourt. I've, arguably, it has the best brand of all the D.C. schools, but please understand where brand recognition comes from. It's the Georgetown part, not the McCourt part. McCourt a lot of people in D.C. don't know what McCord is. Um, so it's the Georgetown part that carries the weight. Um, and it can get you in certain places, assuming you have good, strong foundations otherwise. It also is probably school overall in the public policy space with one of the deepest pockets per student. And that's because you have a really wealthy alumni give like $200 million over the past 10 years or so. And, and But what I've seen is that I've seen people get scholarships that they probably wouldn't have gotten in an equivalent school in terms of the level of money they got. Um, so that's an interesting benefit. Um, the school is also a very quant-based program. If you go in, I really hope you're aware of the amount of quant you're getting involved in. Um, you don't necessarily need calculus to succeed, although it really helps, but you're pro probably having double, at minimum, double class of quant that you get um, versus other programs. I would say it's probably like, in terms of intensity, it's probably one step below University of Chicago or Princeton, but it's still pretty intense. Um, so the, in terms of education, you know, in addition to school, there's a fair amount of opportunities to collaborate with the other programs in Georgetown. Georgetown's got some really good programs, School of Foreign Service, Business School, and there's other interesting masters 
collaborate with, create a wider learning experience. And then I think the really good value of McCourt is that there's a lot of opportunities to take advantage of projects in DC space, get a live project, get part-time internships. If you play your cards right, there's great opportunities. Um, then the last thing, which is kind of interesting, is that um, Georgetown by McCourt, by virtue of its Georgetown culture, there's a lot of student events and activities um, and out there. So, you know, there's a fair amount of interaction between the students, um, and at least in terms of uh, attendance of events. So now I think there are, it should be stressed, there are a lot of very interesting cons to Georgetown McCourt, and I want to highlight those. So first off, it's that um, it has a very, it has a very interesting culture and in that it's not professionally oriented. As in, very rarely did I ever hear people talk about careers. I would even argue that talking about careers, talking about professional aspirations is even taboo. Um, it's, I just thought it was interesting that a lot of times SEMA court students and they refused to talk about careers, identify what their career options were beyond the general vague statement. This is very different than what I saw in any other policy school, but I think it's a legacy culture effect. Um, even those who have aspirations, they might talk about it, but they feel, you know, it, it's not something they stress uh, among their peers a lot because um, it's just, just not career-focused culture, bottom line. And that matters because, you know, as I talked in another episode about Harvard Kennedy School's reverse, it's a highly professional warranted culture. So your peers really help you out in the career department, help you network, help you understand what's what. And that that's kind of missing from Georgetown McCourt. And, and, you know, from, and recent students tell me the same thing, uh, actually. And then the other thing is that career services, God bless them, they're great people. And, but it's two, three people helping out hundreds of students. And there's, there's a high demand for them, especially since uh, Joshua McCourt is roughly 40 to 50% international students, and the numbers changes year by year. And they, a lot of the international students, need a lot of services. So, yeah, I've, with two or three people and some support people here and there, it's just not enough to really have a strong career pipeline developed. Don't get me wrong, there's a few career small, strong career pipelines, but uh, if you're not doing, if you're trying, to do something different than the two or three, four established routes, it's going to be rough. You're not going to get that much support from either your peers or career services. Um, an interesting thing is that Georgetown McCourt opted off out of a little, a lot of potential programming choices and which uh, emphasize teamwork and collective soft skills. That doesn't mean there's no team projects, there can be. For all, but essentially, um, the programming is not focused on developing professional skills. Uh, there's a lot of reasons how that manifests, and I might do a special on Georgetown McCourt one day. But just to be said, it, it's not a place to really pick up soft skills. It's a place to pick up technical skills, but it's, the school program doesn't lend to that. Um, the culture is also interesting. It's that's kind of clicky. Um, again, that ties to how the program is managed. There are a lot of management decisions in which they didn't, for example, they didn't choose to have a cohort system. 
in which people would kind of be structured to know a diverse array of people. Um, so instead, what happens is that you have a very clicky culture in which you, people of similar policy interests or similar background interests just form ties. And if you find your group, then great. If you don't, uh, it can be a little bit challenging because, you know, it's, it's kind of like a adult version of high school a little bit. You form a click and uh, see what works for you. If you don't have one, it's kind of a bit rough. So... I think another interesting thing is that I actually found McCord students at large to be less interesting, inspiring than most other public policy students. At least uh, t- tier one, tier one through two, the, the, the better policy schools. And here's what I mean by this: um, I don't remember meeting any McCor- very few McCord students, if any, in which we had a strong exchange of ideas. And listening to their passions. Um, don't get me wrong. There's great people that come out of McCourt, but it's not that. Com- I, I didn't really haven't really heard much about like, hey, I'm a graduate student. I aspire to be this one day, and this is my plan to be this great. Uh, it and or something like, hey, you know, this is my story, and this is how I'm going to make impact, and. This is the this is my way to do it, and this is the impact I want to make. Um, you know, even the really good students from a court, you know, they're that you know they're kind of like hazy about um, like what they really want to do, even if they're really smart. I think that's go back to how school just doesn't have like a professionally oriented culture. Um, I mean, people still succeed by muddling through and figuring things out. But it's not a place in which I found that my I found peers to be like really inspiring me and awe inspiring me with their aspirations. So overall, in terms of uh, career outcomes, you know, I'd say the top notch was pretty good uh, in the grand scheme of things. It was a Deloitte government ops job in terms of career outcomes, presidential merit fellowship, uh, some a major research group analyst, and a like pretty good, well respected research institute. I think the most interesting I saw was like a director in an advocacy group, but like there was nothing crazy. There's no uh, no White House staffers, nobody who went to administration right away. Um, I mean, no one running for Congress, uh, no MBB, no yeah, no, nothing, nothing like wow. It was like okay. So I would say standard fare was like working at a lobbying firm, silver service in like the city or uh, they actually, I would say, and, and there's some good people that end up working for civil service through the city. So bottom, uh, the bottom tier was like, uh, which was very interesting to me, was people who struggled to find a job. I mean, I think most of them found one sooner or later, but there was a lot of issues about struggling to find a job because of challenges, soft skills. Um, generally, those who did better were those who were able to overcome like the lack of not having a professionally oriented program. <coughs> Pardon. <coughs> Pardon me. Maybe a lack of not having a like strong career services. But if you had a good strong sense of self, strong network, you know, that went a long way. So that's George McCourt. I want to talk about George Washington Trachtenberg. And it's actually a good point of comparison. So it's also a strong program. Um, arguably, the George Washington brand is a little bit not as good as the Georgetown brand, but still gets you a lot of places. Um, but 
I really respect this program a lot. I think some key things to highlight is that the program is a little bit less quant, actually it's somewhat less quant focused than Georgetown McCourt. Um, I know people who got into both and chose George Washington Trachtenberg because they didn't have to take as many quant classes. So that does have, that, you know, that's an interesting uh, thing because we have less quant classes. You have more opportunities to take other classes or more uh, extracurricular activities, but that does can potentially close you off to maybe some roles that are more quant oriented. So, um, and I'll, I'll say that generally speaking, I don't see George Washington alums end up in as quant based roles. We still end up in pretty good roles, uh, as good as McCourt students, if not better or a little bit worse, but generally the same. But what George Washington, their, their curriculum does is that overall, it lends more time to work part-time or, or semi-full-time in the D.C. area. So I would say, you know, don't get me wrong, McCourt students also do part-time stuff in D.C., but so do George Washington folks, and they have more time to do it, or afford more time to do it. Um, and I, I think overall, that means their average... Uh, experience can be uh, just, you know, you can get more time, get more interesting experiences. I will say, Trachtenberg people have, have really impressed me. And what I mean by that is that they, I find Trachtenberg people to be very well-versed on the cutting edge of policy, as in they're very forward-thinking in terms of being innovation-minded, like everyone I met. Um, I mean, maybe, I think it has something to do with that they're just afforded a lot more time than latest, greatest in policy space with their part-time work. Um, and I actually find tracking people to just be full, chock full of interesting ideas um, that they get from the Washington, D.C. space. Uh, every mixer, uh, D.C. policy school, every mixer don't track where people are. I found them to be very interesting. Um I will, there are some downsides to Trachtenberg, and I think one of them is that, you know, because each class is doing uh, so much part-time work or semi-full-time work, class co- cohesion can be a little difficult. Um, that That's something that's been pointed to me. But um, overall, I, I think the general deal is this. Like I said, um, Trachtenberg people can end up... Uh, generally speaking, just as good as McCourt students, but those quant roles might be a little bit more challenging to get just because they don't have as much quant built in their program. Um, In terms of collaboration, I will say, like, uh, you still, in some ways, some collaboration is better at at Trachtenberg. Uh, All things public health, for example. Um, George Washington has a public health program. Georgetown doesn't. And in terms, in terms, George Washington also has a business school and uh, essentially international relations program, and so does Georgetown. So that's also also there. I think it's minor shades of difference in terms of quality, but it's it's there. So I think between George Washington McCourt and George Washington Georgetown McCourt, it's like what type of program you want. Do you want it to be quant focused or not quant focused? Do you really want to have? Um, you know, a lot be kind of like pushed out to live the DC environment, um, but with the lack of uh, some class cohesion a little bit. Or you know, do you want uh, maybe maybe clicky student culture is a thing? I don't know. Just something to think about. Okay, then there's University of Maryland School Pug Policy. 
of all the five schools, uh, I probably know the least in terms of detail about the school. But, but what I do know is that um, the people I know who got, gone there, usually they fall in one of two groups. There's a strong cohort who uh, were strong. I, there's in, really good individuals I met who focus on national security policy. Um, and they have very strong, I understand they have a strong national security program and professors focus on that and a lot of great outcomes from it. The other is state and local. Um, I, I, the school, in my opinion, from what I hear, what I see, it's very well respected regionally. Um, and that means, you know, the DC special national security and a lot of state and local stuff it's good at. I will say that I haven't seen that many students in the Washington DC space. And that's probably because uh, University of Maryland. Oh, I forgot to say, University of Maryland is also technically not in Washington D.C. It's in College Park, Maryland, which is a suburb of Washington D.C., but it's not actually in Washington D.C. But uh, I think of all these schools as, you know, this could. I would say this is the third, in terms of reputation, the third uh, best. You know, we can make arguments tied to American University, but I put it as third. So. American University School of Public Affairs. So I think the most inter- an interesting, really good thing about this school is that they just spend a lot of money building brand new facilities. Um, their facilities are top notch. Like I've been to their campus and some of their stuff is better than like some big corporate headquarters I've been to. And it's all new, all shiny. And yeah, it's kind of like going, going to a state or a company uh, in my mind. Um, so yeah, best facilities hands down. Um, now I would be concerned about, uh, about, you know, uh, go- going to American university and here's the reason why I, I know, I know people who are PhD candidates, not PhDs, not PhD, not people with long careers. I mean, PhD candidates who didn't have prior, prior, uh, or not that much prior, uh, job experience teach classes at American University, uh, and o- online classes before this is pre COVID. And essentially, two things. One is, wow, I mean, a graduate program where PhD candidates are teaching class that, you know, that's something. Second is, you know, I have heard of the experience of the students that have been taught and it's not exactly the most inspiring. Now, that being said, I have met American University students who are, you know, pretty impressive. But in terms of the spread, I think there's a lot to be said about uh, um, it's that uh, impressive American University students from SPA, it's, they're there, they're just not they're not as present from what i've seen what i've experienced and part of this like you know speaks to um what i haven't seen is that when it comes to the the forums the talks the congressional activities um i have seen american university undergrads but i haven't really seen graduate students from spa now um Interestingly, American University does really well in presidential merit fellowships. So, you know, I they're well known for that, and you know, I it's something I know that they have a long tradition of sending good number of people to. But beyond that, um, 
where I see in the from American University, spot students I see, they land in um, good good roles, but arguably the not as competitive ones um, that the other students alumni from the other three schools get. So, and I want to highlight that you know, SPA is its strength. With SPA is the School of Public Affairs from American University. Is its domestic policy, or that's how I understand its primary strength to be. And there is legitimately like a brand issue with American universities that you know, leave the D.C. area and brand awareness of American University becomes a bit challenging. So, and also like, you know, it, it really doesn't help when U.S. News labels American University as like a school for B students. Don't get me wrong. I'm, again, I met lots of smart people from American University, but the brand equity part doesn't help for uh, school public affairs. And again, I want to re- emphasize again, at, this is, I'm speaking about the graduate program at large. I'm not talking about the American University undergrads, which arguably have a better reputation, um, comp- comparatively speaking, than the graduate program. The last program is George Mason University Shar. Okay. So one thing I really like about this program is that they probably have the most interesting list of professors and unique topics that you cannot find professors for anywhere else in maybe America or at least the D.C. area. Um, So things like um, Scottish nationalism, um, immigration policy. I know this is shocking, but like, it's very hard to find, until I like went, did stuff with George Mason. I never found a professor who specialized in immigration policy. There are law professors, but not public policy professors. Um, yeah. And also, I think like bioterrorism is another one in which they have professors in. And there's just lots of interesting niches that you would, you, when you see it's like, oh, obviously you should be professor for that, this, but. Uh, it's not, um, but it's more n- very niche. No, okay, so professors, great thing. And by the way, all those professors are really interesting. Generally, find them very fascinating, good people to talk to, deal with. Um, there are a lot of downsides about George Mason and Richard, in my opinion. And that's one is there's no sense of community. In fact, uh, some of the people I know who went there went there so they wouldn't have to talk to people because they just want to go to school, get over with, and not make not socialize which for some people that's their thing but hey uh and and, and they told me it was like there wasn't a real sense of getting to know people people build community in char uh another thing that was told to me is that and the classes are not that academically challenging like my friend's winter joke is that you know they did they did their homework a little bit you know after some drinks and made it work i'm like okay well because that's how the classes are um, now, and then there is a brand issue with George Mason University, especially, this is interesting, especially locally, George Mason is not viewed that well. Um, outside DC area, I think it's, it's strange. It's outside DC area is probably viewed a little bit better than inside DC area. Um, there's some interesting things to know about, uh, this school is that there are a fair amount of non-traditional students, like older students. I've met like a, like a 40 something year old. George Mason student. Um, 
like maybe a 50 year old, but yeah, just older students. And what that means is that like there's a great distribution of student quality. Like I would say, generally speaking, the more not those non traditional students have been pretty solid. But then, yeah, I had definitely met the <laughs> the student just <laughs> needing something to do and going to grad school, and it's interesting. So, you know, yeah, that's that's my take on George Mason Shar. So overall, um, you know, at each school has their pros and cons. Um, I, you know, as long as you know where you're getting yourself into, I think you're a good place. Um, if you're really interested in the University of Maryland, I recommend you look into it more, um, uh, a lot more. Um, but generally, I think overall, it's, it's a pretty good program. But, all right, hope this is helpful. Have a great day, and uh, good luck with your grad school uh, life journey. Take care.